Blog Talk Radio. Saturday, January 30th, 2016, and you are tuned in to another edition of The Misty Show, where your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and joining me once again is my co-hostess with the mostest, the lovely Dee. How you doing, buddy? I'm just wondering what that mostest is. <laughs> what is that mostest? You're the co-hostess with the mostest. You give the most. You're the most awesome co-host there could ever be. That's what it means. Oh, you're sweet, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll take that. We'll take that. You should take it. How are you doing this fine Saturday evening? I'm great. How are you doing? We warmed up a little bit, so we're we're doing good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been a beautiful day, and, you know, I've been inside all day. You know, I've just kind of been... Bopping about the house, you know, working on various little projects, you know, so that when tomorrow comes, hopefully I can just chill out and uh, experience less of the Sunday blues. There you go. Don't like the Sunday blues. No, you know, our city is kind of like a little bit happy right now because we just got off of the holidays and our holidays run right into our Mardi Gras season. So it's still kind of party mode for us. (laughs) Yep. Even though I don't really participate in Mardi Gras. I have to get as far away from it as I can. <laughs> yeah. it, it's not, you know, I mean, it's for some people. It's, I love Mardi Gras, don't get me wrong, but I'd rather just watch it on television and, and kind of participate in it, in, in it that way as opposed to kind of like being in it. So <laughs> I'm not a big Mardi Gras participator in it in the flesh, but I love Mardi Gras. Yes, Mardi Gras is cool. Um, I haven't been to any parades because when they first started, it was just a little too cold out there. But I don't know. Maybe I'll do like one or two. Yeah, you know, Fat Tuesday and, and Monday, Monday, what is it, Monday, Monday Gras? Is that Monday? Yeah, Friday? I think that's what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's always fun and great. And, and Fat Tuesday broadcast on television, so that'll be cool. I love to watch it if I can. Yeah, but you know what, D? I was thinking. When I was uh, discussing the Sunday blues, we don't have to worry about that next Sunday. I wonder, do you know why? Whoa, it's whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it President's Day? No, it's not because it's not necessarily because we'll be off that Monday. We won't have to worry about the Sunday blues because we're going to be all into puppies and kittens next Sunday. That is correct. You know, I don't know why I thought that it was this Sunday. No, it's what's this Sunday? I don't know why I thought the Senior Bowl. Yeah, because tomorrow is January 31st, so it's going to be February 7th that they will be battling it out on the field for championship glory. Okay, that's I don't know why I thought it was this. It's our it's the Senior Bowl that's going on. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the Senior Bowl for us now, and the Super Bowl is next Sunday, which I don't even watch the Super Bowl. It's sad. Well, I guess it isn't sad. I'm an animal person, so I'm more into the Puppy Bowl and the Kitten Bowl. So that's what we'll be doing next Sunday, checking that out and doing some live tweeting. Well, you know what? I found out a little tidbit, which I don't know if I should say, because I think the person that broadcasted this 
wasn't supposed to stay, and mm-hmm. she kind of let it slip out. So I'm going to tell it anyway. So, <laughs> um, Howard Stern, you know the radio personality, um, radio mm-hmm. partner, his wife, he and he, she and he are really big advocates of um, saving kittens. Yes, because she's one of the, I think she does the kitten ball. She's one of the people who does that with them. Exactly. And she was on the Ellen show um, Friday, I think it was. And Ellen was asking her questions about, you know, the whole thing. And she was so excited about it. And I don't think she was supposed to say this, but it kind of came out. And she said that there was going to be a special halftime going on. Oh. And... And she said, I, I don't think I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, and blah, blah, blah. She said that the kittens and the puppies are going to be going head-to-head at halftime. Really? Yes. So I don't know if it was the kitten bowl halftime or if it was the puppy bowl halftime. But yeah, she's was... probably referring to the kitten bowl halftime because I yeah. think she's just strictly kind of like with the kitten bowl. Well, at kitten bowl halftime, the puppies and the kittens are going to be going head-to-head. Cuteness, cuteness overload. It's going to be cuteness to the ninth hundred thousandth power. <laughs> you know what? There's not much that I could think of that would be better than that, except for maybe one thing. And I would say that that would be today's topic, which is about service animals and the freedom and security they provide to so many people, which is why they are the subject of today's topic. So. But before we get into that, we want to discuss um, the pet trivia question. And as promised, it's about puppies this time. We did kittens last time, so this time these pet trivia questions will be related to the puppy ball. So here we go. Okay, the first question is, how many puppy ball teams will be competing? We asked this about the kittens last week, so we'll see if you get this one, Dee. There were four kitten teams. How many puppy teams are competing as of now? Okay, so last week week there was less kitten bowl. There was less kitten teams. So I'm going to go ten? No, really, really high. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Really, really high. Twenty? Hmm? Twenty? No, actually, you're still way too high. You gotta come bring it down. Oh, bring am I it down. high? I don't think I'm high. Mm-hmm. I think you yep. Really, like, go yep. Ten. Oh. Yeah, ten was really high. Ten was oh, really okay. high. Um, five. Lower. Three. Come on down just a little bit more. Two. Yep, there are two puppy ball things. Yep, just two. There's two. Like, just two. Well, I guess it mirrors the, 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 the Super Bowl. There are only two teams competing, so. Yeah, and, and I think it's confusing because, like, as of right now with the Kitten Bowl, it's four of them. But I think what happens on the day of the Kitten Bowl, two of them get eliminated, and then it's just two who, oh. who actually battle it out in the end. So I think the Puppy Bowl, maybe they just have two just to begin with. I don't know if they start off with something higher, but as of right now, there are two teams. Now, can you guess the names of those two teams? And I'll give you a hint. It's actually the same from what it was last year. I don't know if you remember their names. No, I don't. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't. But, hey, let's go for it. Um, The Bengal Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> the kitties are like.
like you're borrowing from us now. <laughs> I know. I know there's something on the kittens called Boomer. Um, I don't know, Jay. You're going to have to help me. And the thing is with the the puppies, theirs are very simple. They don't do all the, the um, fancy stuff. It's just quite simple. It's Team Rough and Team Fluff. <laughs> rough and Fluff. Teams Rough and Fluff. Okay. All right. I wonder if they're going to have them, like, separated where you have the little rough dogs, you know, where you have your, your, your boxers and your, your, your little pit bulls, and then you have your plus dogs, and you might have your poodles, and your teacup chihuahuas or something like that. So, And, you know, it kind of seems like some of the dogs fit those categories, and I'm going to post a link on there so you can actually see the pictures of them. But all of them, the ones who you would think would be team rough or whatnot, they're not necessarily so, I mean, you know, some of them do fit the categories that you just said, and some of them don't. Yeah, yeah. And this is the last part, which I know this is harder, but can you name two of the members from each team, at least two members? Two members as in the names? Mm-hmm. Two, two of the players from each team. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I just I just picked some of them. Of course, there, there are several of them, and I will post them. So I know if you haven't really been on that site, you probably aren't familiar with their names. No. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. Okay, the the first two I'm gonna name are from Team Fluff. Um, okay. one is named Griffin, Griffin. <laughs> and Griffin is an English Sheepdog who's 15 weeks old, and Griffin is playing for Team Fluff. Okay. And then Griffin's teammate, one of his teammates. Is named Harper, who's a 13-week-old pit bull. So those are two of your team fluff members. Okay, well that that kills that theory <laughs> that I have. Well, but some of them do fit that though. Now I'm going to okay. name two two members of Team Rough. Okay, we have Chi Chi, the 15-week-old Chihuahua. That that dog is on Team Rough. Okay, and then we have Hank who's a 12-week-old yellow Labrador Husky mix, also oh. on Team Rough. Okay, okay. That is cool. I can't yep. wait. I, I have seen some of the commercials because um, I've been watching off and on today, and they've been the animal um, channel today, and they've been showing the commercials, like, nonstop. So they're so cute. Oh, my gosh. Well, just wait because I'm going to post all the pictures so you guys can, you know, see everybody from both teams. Um, but make sure that you do join us next Saturday as the Missy Show goes into full-blown puppy and kitten madness. So next Saturday's episode will be devoted to both the puppy and kitten bowls. We'll be doing some coverage. We'll be going more in-depth. We won't be doing coverage of the game because that will be on Sunday, of course. But we'll go more in-depth with uh, meeting the players from both teams and finding out more about the shelters that they come from and the adoption process. And when I say both teams, that's both teams that's referring to the puppies and, of course, with the kittens, we'll explore some of the ones from the four teams that they're doing. So get ready for Puppy and Kitten Madness next week. And next week's blog entry will also be dedicated to both the puppies and kittens. So check that out this Friday at she'satorty.blogspot.com. Links from information used in today's episode can be found on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash Missy Show. 
And as always, if you'd like to join in today's conversation, you can call us at 347-838-8313 or listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a tortie. Now on to service animals enriching human lives. Okay, so first off, the let's define for everyone who may not be familiar with the term, what is a service animal? Okay, so um, I was looking and I found a definition from the Americans with, Dis- the Americans with Disability Act, ADA, um, and they define a service animal as any dog that is individually trained to do work or perform tasks for benefit of individuals with a disability, including a physical, sensory, psychiatric, intellectual, or mental disability. Other species of animals, whether wild or domestic, trained or untrained, are not considered service animals. But there's some kind of, there's some kind of, um, I'm not going to say controversy with that, but I also found another definition that kind of said any animal so that's trained. So it, it just depends, I think, in some ways, depending because you might have an animal that, is trained, then you might see that animal as not being a service animal if they're not, I don't know, necessarily providing a service but more of an emotional support to that person as not being defined as a service animal. But So we can go into that a little bit later, um, Jay. But also they say the work or task performed by a service animal must be directly related to the individual's disability. Examples of work or tasks include but are not limited to Assisting individuals who are blind or have low vision with navigation and other tasks, providing nonviolent protection or work or rescue work, pulling a wheelchair, assisting an individual during a seizure, alerting individuals to the presence of allergens, retrieving items such as a pen or telephone, providing physical support and assistance with balance and stability to individuals with mobility disabilities and helping individuals with psychiatric and neurological disabilities by preventing or interrupting impulsive or destructive behaviors. So that was the definition I got from the American with Disabilities Act, which one definition kind of said any service animal, uh, a service animal is a dog, and then I found another one where they defined it as a service animal is a dog or any animal that's trained to do work or perform a task. Right, because I think a lot of people, when you think of a service animal, you typically think of a dog. And I think that in the past, that's usually all it was pretty much. Exactly, exactly. But as we do our research, found that there can be other animals that are considered service animals. Yeah, because some of them were quite surprising. Well, you know, even in that thing I saw where they – miniature horses, which I've seen. Have you seen where they have the miniature horse now? Yeah, I saw that um, in my research, D, and I was like, oh, really? Because some people are more comfortable with the miniature horses than they are with the dogs. Exactly. Exactly. And they, I mean, they wear the vest and everything. They're doing everything that a dog would do, pretty much. And and they, uh, miniature horses, uh, let's see, where did I have this at? A public entity or private business must allow a person with a disability to bring a miniature horse on the premises as long as it has been individually trained to do work or perform tasks for the benefit of individuals with a disability. As long as the facility can accommodate the miniature horse's type, size, and weight, the rules that apply to service dogs also apply to miniature horses. Wow. And, you know, another thing, Dee, that I found interesting that I never thought about um, 
one of the reasons that people prefer a miniature horse over a dog is age because they were saying that miniature horses can live and work for more than 30 years. And in that same time, a person needing a service animal typically goes through five to seven guide dogs. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and, I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of a, that's kind of a smart thing, you know? I mean, because you get, especially, I mean, when you have a service animal, I know that animal is there to provide a service and they're there to help you, but I would think that, you know, for me, if if I ever had to have one, that animal would be my lifeline, and that would be my buddy and my pal, and you would be bonded with that with that animal. So you would want to think, you know, hey, if I got a miniature horse, maybe it would live a little bit longer than maybe a service dog or something. So you could, you know, keep that relationship with that one animal for that long period of time. Right, because they were saying that it can be both emotionally and economically draining, you know, I guess they have to go through so many dogs because they say each one can cost up to $60,000 to breed, train, and place in a home. Yeah, exactly. So that, I mean, I, 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 I've seen miniature horses before because I think I saw a story where they were doing where the, the actual miniature horse was, you know, I don't know if it was a CNI miniature horse. I'm not sure it was, it's, it's, it's service it was providing, but... It was a service animal. And they're so cute. They are so, aren't they adorable? I think it's the most, the, the cutest thing you've ever wanted to see. They are the cutest little things you ever want to see. They are. I like their little their little hair, their little bangs. They're cute. <laughs> you know, I was reading and I also saw something else where, you know, they were talking about um, how, um, you know, when when there aren't really any kind of, like rules or whatever where where when you go to take your service animal into an establishment, there's really, you don't necessarily have to have um, certifications or things like that, you know, where you have to show it or what have you. The only thing what I found interesting was that because I was like, because they were saying that sometimes businesses don't realize that when you're bringing an animal into your establishment that that animal is a service animal. So, and you know what, Dee, I don't know if you remember this, but this actually ties in perfectly with, with today's show. But when my husband had to do jury duty and he yeah. was telling us about the lady who had the little dog in the stroller, and at first he did not understand how she was able to bring a dog in the courthouse. And he was just like, well, what's going on? And, and people were kind of looking at her. And, like, the first day he still didn't really understand what was happening. And they were just sitting there and the dogs just stayed with her the whole time while they were waiting to see whether they were going to be called. And then he noticed the second day when she came back that there was a, a little sticker or something that he saw that said emotional support animals. So this lady was actually bringing her dog in the courthouse with her. He was her emotional support dog. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, and the the great thing about it is that, you know, they are pretty much allowed to go everywhere. There are some places, um, let's see, what, well, what I wanted to say was to determine if an animal is a service animal, there are certain guidelines that they have to, that, you know, there are only – I think two questions that they are allowed to ask um, when they go into a, a, a business, the, the establishment, the business owner, what have you, can only pretty much ask two questions. They can um, ask, is this animal required because of a disability? And what what work or task has this animal been trained to perform? And that's basically it. These questions, they say, may not be asked if the need for the service animal is obvious. For example, if the dog 
is guiding an individual who is blind or pulling a wheelchair. You, you're not allowed to ask those questions because it's an obvious thing to know that this animal is a thirst animal. So you can't go up there and say, okay, wait a minute, are you, you can't bring this animal in. But, like, sometimes there are disabilities that you can't see that you mm-hmm. need an animal for, you know. So so they kind of put out there like a guideline to say these are the, technically these are the only two questions you can ask to, you know, ascertain if whether or not this animal is a service animal or not. Another thing I found interesting was with the emotional support animals because um, they are um, a type of service animal too, but with an emotional support animal, they say they don't necessarily have to have specific training. Like in order to be a guide dog, they have to go through a lot of training or like with the capuchin monkeys who help people who have spinal cord injuries um, or other things, they have to go through a set amount of training Sometimes with emotional support animals, they don't necessarily have to have any specialized training. Yeah, find I that think, interesting. Yeah, I think that I think the rule of thumb is um, that animal just must be well behaved and mm-hmm. you know you you know be well trained. And because I was looking at TV and just a, a well known personality, he was on there and he was saying that he flies with his 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 um, his dog. And I was thinking, well, that's not unusual. And they were, and I was thinking, well, he was like, yeah, because I have to have the dog to fly because it's my emotional support dog because I'm terrified of flying. So he is allowed to fly with the dog sitting up there, I think pretty much with the, on his lap or something like that to that effect. Well, not on his lap, but I think they have to, you know, they secure him or whatever. But he's allowed to, you know, fly with his dog because it's, he, and he made it specifically clear that, the reason he does fly is because it's an emotional support. So whenever he flies, the dog goes with him. Well, that's a good idea because, I mean, I think a lot of people get nervous when flying, but there are some people who physically it's just too overwhelming for them. And without that emotional support dog, they just wouldn't even be able to do it at all. No, no. The way he explained it was there's no way in the world he could get on a plane <laughs> without having that dog with him. So I figured, okay. So we, we we know that dog is there for your support. And you know one, uh, which I think we both saw on this site. Um, I found this one interesting that um, this gentleman uh, named Jim Evers, he suffers from bipolar disorder, um, and he accidentally discovered that his parrot can help him calm down and avoid destructive behavior. Mm-hmm. And um, when the parrot senses that he's on the verge of having a psychotic episode, the parrot's name is Sadie, Sadie talks him down by saying, it's okay, Jim, calm down, Jim, you're all right, Jim, I'm here, Jim, and he carries her around at all times in a backpack, carefully fitted to hold her cage. That was fascinating. I even, like, just, I read that, too, and, and I'm looking at the picture, and I know you probably are, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're looking at the little the little lavender cage mm-hmm. um, backpack, which is so adorable, but, I mean, that's just awesome, don't you think? I think that, you know, the capabilities of some animals, and we, you know, on our show we, you know, touched on the subject of how, you know, the the senses of animals and the ability of animals to sense things and do things and, and that go way beyond us. And I personally believe that we have not even scratched the surface of the abilities and senses that and the, the just the powers, I don't want to say it was meaning mystical, but that animals have to help us. I think there's it goes so much deeper that we haven't even 
tapped into the depth of the capabilities of animals to, to help humans in certain ways. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that they definitely have a special bond with us, you know, because even Missy, she could tell when I wasn't feeling well because sometimes she would just come and she'd just hop up on the bed with me and sometimes she would come and she'd just, like, lay on my stomach or something. But even when she wouldn't just to have her in there with me, it just, I don't know, it just made me feel better. We just had a connection and just to know that she was in there with me and she was concerned about her mommy, you know, it just made me feel better. And just well, being able to just stroll her, you know. They just sense that because the same, it was the same with Boomer when I would be, you know, you have a bad day at work. And some, you know how sometimes something just happens that ruins your day and you carry it with you and mm-hmm. you bring me home. And some days I would just have a bad day or something just happened and it would just, just everything would be wrong. And he just knew because he would just come and he would either come and put his little head on my knees and he would just be like, it's okay. Or he'd do the little paw scratch thing just to say, it's okay. It's all right. Sort of like Sadie and Jim. Um, it's, yeah. It's okay. It's all right. And they just knew when you felt sad or when you needed their way of hugging you. You know, they just knew how to comfort you. And I think it's their ability. They have this thing. I don't know what it is, but this, this ability to sense when you're, something's coming or something's not right with you. They know your regular rhythm. And when your regular rhythm is off, they can pick up on, you know, the imbalance of it and react. Yeah, so it it makes perfect sense that these animals can be trained in more specialized ways to help people, you know, because they they help us, people without mental mental or physical disabilities, they help us anyway just as um, pet parents. But just think animals who are specialized and trained in different ways, they can go even further and help people perhaps if they're paralyzed or if they have strong anxiety, depression, things like that. And it's, it's really wonderful that they can be trained to do that. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a great thing. And, and what people need to understand is, you know, because I've met someone personally who, have, you know, they suffer from PTSD and they were trying to go, I think they were trying to go into a hotel or they were trying to go into some establishment and, you know, I guess they, like you say, the 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 disability was not obvious. And so what I think a lot of people need to be aware of and, and just understand that there are a lot of people, especially now, if you have a lot of veterans coming home, you might, because I see, I see it more so now than I did before, but you see a lot of people that might, you know, come into your establishment or whatever, and I'm, I'm speaking to people that maybe have been in businesses and things of that nature, you know, understand that you, you're going to have a lot of more people, especially with, you know, people coming home, veterans coming home, serving the country and everything, that have experienced stuff and they have service animals. And maybe it won't be a service animal that you're used to seeing, but, you know, they have service animals. And, of course, you have the two questions that you can ask. But just be aware of it, you know, because you might see that a little bit more often now. And just be attuned to it to understand that and, and you know, respect it. Yes, yes, definitely, because um, just even in my line of work where I interview clients a lot, um, I've learned that every type of disability is not always visible. There are invisible illnesses and disabilities that people can have where it's not apparent. So, yes, definitely in those situations, you know, you have to consider that, too, because everybody doesn't have an obvious disability or illness. Exactly. 
before the show ended, I wanted to just get a chance to mention this special organization called Helping Hands. Um, they're a nonprofit organization serving those who are paralyzed or people with severe mobility impairments by providing free of charge a highly trained capuchin monkey to assist in daily living. Um, the capuchin monkeys live a long life and can often stay with its owner for 20 to 30 years. Um, Helping Hands Monkey Helpers are said to transform lives by offering hope, freedom, empowerment, and giving a sense of independence to mobility-impaired individuals. And it's really cool, and I'm going to be sure to post the videos. They have some YouTube videos of the process with training the monkeys, and they have some videos, you know, showing some of the individuals who've been helped by the monkeys. And they're so cute. I call them the, the organ grinder monkeys, yeah. and I used to always want one myself. <laughs> I know exactly the monkey you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's that one. But but it's so neat because, you know, they can they can get the remote for you. They can, um, you know, they can uh, push the straw down, you know, in a cup for you. You know, they can hand you your cup. You know, it's just so many different things that they can do to help people who may not have proper use of their hands anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Kudos to all the service, emotional support, et cetera, et cetera, animals out there that just do wonderful things for people. Yes, and also kudos to the the literal service animals who are also in the military and the um, dogs on the canine units. You know, we exactly. appreciate your service too. Exactly. This one went by way too quickly. Super fast, right? Yeah. Well, we'll be sure to um, post the links to all the information that we use and also some additional links. Just be sure to join us next weekend as we showcase and highlight um, the Puppy Bowl and Kitten Bowl that will be upcoming that next day. So until next weekend, we wish you guys a great remainder of your weekend, and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye, everybody. Have a great weekend.